Where's the line when a cupcake becomes a muffin? Welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric, and with me, as always, is my co-host Jonathan. That's right. And, uh, New guest. Well, you maybe you should introduce our, yeah, our guest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had an introduction because I think maybe by now you know Andy here a little bit more because you had five mm. or ten minutes before I joined the call. But uh, when Dude. when I confirmed this, you asked me, "So who's this Andy guy?" And I said, <laughs> "Actually, I don't really know." Uh, like, we, we had some back and forth, yeah. but he does. He, he's like the man behind a board game. And that should be reason enough to have him on the show. Definitely. That was my logic. Quite possibly. Then. Yeah. And, and, and here uh, I am. Yeah, and here you are. And now yes. we've been talking for a minute, and it seems like it was a good call anyway. But maybe you want to tell us about that board game, because I don't know that much yeah. about it. No, no, sure. So it's called Book of Skulls, kind of influenced by Book of Souls, obviously by, by Maiden. Mm. Um, it's a dungeon crawler style game. Um, but whereas with most dungeon crawlers, like classically, you're going to have one team is a good guy, and the other team is the bad guys. What I do is that you have both teams playing as the good guys and the bad guys, like in alternating turns. So whilst your team of heroes are moving across, you know, slaying the demons and what have you, the other team will control the demons. And then when your turn's up, you, you switch rounds. So it's pretty cool. And it sounds like it's um, kind of a unique mechanic, which is always good to hear. Um, I think the big tie-in, which kind of led me on to talking to you guys um, initially, was that there's a lot of um, like heavy metal references in it as well. And that is partly... When it comes to like character design and the moves that the characters do, I was explaining that as before you joined. Um, like mm. what I would often do was I look at a song title, like Master of Puppets is a really easy one. Everyone knows that. And I think, okay, how would that translate to being like an RPG style move? And then you know, you'd have like a character would basically mm. summon up these other two if you have a team crashing together, right. and it kind of kind of goes on from there. Um, and also, in addition to that, I've made a, or I'm making a uh, heavy metal soundtrack to go with it as well. And that comes from my love of like Zelda and everything else. And back in the day, you get to the final boss. And um, yeah, boss music's always cool. So. Yeah, so you're very much at home here then, you know? Exactly, exactly. I keep mentioning the video games too. And of course, that all goes together. Yeah, yeah. Not very experienced with uh, 
the uh, like D and D stuff. But I did play like uh, I think two campaigns I've been on, and once in one of those games, can't remember the name of the, like the the engine, so to speak, because I wasn't <laughs> I clearly wasn't the uh, the leader of that, you know, or what do you call that? Spelledare in Swedish. Uh, DM or Dungeon Master. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't that anyway. But I did. Uh, I did enjoy it quite a bit, uh, especially like the improv theater stuff. Like throwing sure. dices is necessary for uh, the the risk or slash chance, right? Yeah, 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 sure. I mostly enjoyed, you know, just uh, the the imagination bit of it. But uh, there there were some spells. One was called Gimme Fuel, Gimme Fire, for example. <laughs> Another one was called uh, Fight Fire with Fire. Oh, this is exactly the exactly that kind of thing, yeah several metal references in that set of rules which i of course thoroughly enjoyed having in there you know yeah when i hear board game though i think about this you know that i played when i was younger or maybe at a party or something yeah that's that's kind of what it is so, okay, there's so a, there's it's, it's not board, like full-on so... rpg style with a lot of info and books yeah, and yeah so too. so basically you've got um there's 10 different maps in the world and the actual like physical boards and then because of the way they're designed you can put there's three to get any three, any any combination, or you put seven together. Like they kind of work in like levels. Okay, so like a puzzle, almost. sort of, or yeah, or, exactly. Or so like the, the modular, the modular, oh, so you can modular. like put them together in any right. order. And um, from that, like in terms of saying like a games master, there isn't like or dungeon master. That role is um, taken like in turns again by the team that are currently controlling the bad guys at that moment in time. Mm. So there's mm. no one person who has to be the uh, the central games master is kind of a shared responsibility so you always got this constant um alternating between being the good guys and the bad guys and then you pick up these additional um tasks as well like being a dungeon master sounds pretty brilliant to me i don't know what you think eric it sounds great that's really good and i'm not saying that to be friendly to a, to a new acquaintance here it, sounds, it actually sounds really good <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah i really hope that you get this out there because this sounds really cool thank you uh there's something something it seems like there's in the last couple of years there seems to be so many more um, sort of high-end board games showing up that like like they cost they cost more than I would be able to when I was a kid be able to pay for a board game, but you get so much more like they're so detailed and they're so like they're obviously made for fans of what whatever whatever subject matter would happen to be. Uh, like you get like these. Um, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, this is a the, the, this is not a, an indie game maker by any stretch of imagination, but I'm the people behind uh, Zombicide like they do these uh, they did like a Night of Living Dead. Uh, version it looks like it's it's basically the movie but in you know in board game format it looks just it's just so cool how much you know and how much detail goes into all that kind of stuff and uh, yeah. yeah this is this sounds like really fun so i really hope this um uh, a good thing you can't pirate this stuff you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can't pirate it like movies or music like good luck making like a <laughs> chinese copy of uh, yeah your board game it's, it's difficult yeah to it's always, when you're um right? when you're like trying to launch it as well you're basically like, trying to launch a business so you're not only yeah. you've got to have the, the game side, you've got to like have this whole business part as well. And it's yeah, there's a lot of work. So yeah, plagiarism I'm sure does happen, but it's gonna be quite difficult to lift something exactly from something. It else. seems like if someone were to decide they were gonna they were gonna rather than buy it, wanted, wanted to make spend the effort to make an exact copy of it. I mean that they're in time they're wasting more money than they would have spent on just buy the game. Yeah, exactly. Game, exactly. That's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah, someone's already it done it. Depends on how low the wages are, though. If the wages are really low, <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. In, in my mind, this was some weirdo doing it just for his own sort of to be able to play it for himself. Yeah, like me doing. It. Yeah, yeah. That would make, <laughs> oh, it would make oh, no that'd sense. Be very expensive. <laughs> then I should just design my own. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cool. So. Um, uh, that's um, a good way to get into metal, I guess, or maybe it was the reverse. Maybe you got into metal and then you got into. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been into metal music. 
since I was about 13. I think I'm a similar age to you guys, like mid 30s. So yeah, yeah. Well, All right. it was about 13, well, 14. I heard um, Lincoln Park paper cut, I think it was. And that set me off on this dark path to where I am mm. now, basically sitting here talking to you guys. <laughs> and when did uh, Maiden turn up? Because obviously new guest... Made an origin story has to happen. So that would have been when I was about 15, 16. I remember exactly when it when it happened, actually. Um, I was in English class and, you know, the alternative kid who was in there left his headphones down and I don't know if I could just sort of hear the uh, the gentle nodes of metal coming across or whatever it was, but um, yeah, I listened on his headphones and it was a number of the beast, but the guitar side, I don't forget which solo it was, but that was the moment I was like, shit. This is amazing. And it kind of went on from there and then, um, yeah, I just went like deep dived in for everything. I first got um, Edward the Great, and that was like a good way sort of get me in as a bit of a like, best of album. And then I think I just went like crazy. I was trying to get all the albums, and I was really intrigued by like the X Factor at the time, which I think is probably not quite normal for new people coming into it. It's just, as, as I was reading about the band, I was like, oh, this all seems really dark and mysterious. And you had the video for I think it's Lord of the Flies. That's was it filmed in Israel. I think it was. Yep. It's like yep. there's a look. It just all looked really cool and mis- mysterious. But it was uh, a brave new world. When I first heard that, that was it. That, that album like solidified yeah. for me. That's my favorite album ever. <laughs> know like from from the sub from the headline of course or from the uh, rather episode title rather we're gonna be on brave new world today and yeah. i think we haven't since episode 64 wow i don't think we've been on it what episode are we on now or you on we there's me i've been here for five minutes and already part yeah. of it <laughs> no 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 you're in you're in you're in but yeah i think they could this should be 98 99 wow. something like that so could it be 100 could be a hundred too, but yeah, we we've actually already done a hundred plus because there's five unnumbered. Yeah. So that's how we dodged having to make like a special celebration for that. We do our yearly stuff anyway. I think also in my experience, every time you try to make like an episode extra special, like do like I've had other podcasts hit landmarks like milestones, like a hundred episodes, and every and like those never turn out well, but like a hundred and one, hundred and two turns out great. So 
<laughs> if this is the hundredth episode, that's that that's fine. If it's not, that's cool too. Or some even less charismatic number, like one hundred and thirty-one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that that one turns out great. You know? I, I think that for people getting into the band, I think that when Edward, Edward the Great uh, came out, that's a far better entry point than like say I think that maybe Ed Hunter was because I think there the cross section of the material in that one is uh, is better. Is it's, it's it has a. I don't know, it's sort of more, it's where the band is now, and I think that's an easier way to get into the band. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Best of the Beast was early in my CD player, one yeah, of the yeah, earliest yeah. CDs I played before I got into the band, because my younger cousin, half a year younger, but still he was like 10 or 11, <laughs> brought uh, Best of the Beast to me. And the first song we listened to was Slaughter, uh, no, Bring a Daughter to the Slaughter, which mm. is not an excellent <laughs> entryway, but I guess it was intriguing enough, and I would yeah. say Number of the Beast is the ultimate entryway. For me, it is. It's a pretty good song because you get, to get you into get it the, like. It's the same dudes that are on stage today. So that's covered. And also you get like a shorter song, fun song, and also a little bit evil, but fun and nice. You know, like uh, I quite like that track. It's like the ultimate punk metal anthem. I remember as well, after hearing that on that first time, like I said, like, you know, what is this? And uh, he restarted the song for me. And obviously it starts with a spoken word piece as well. I was like, wow, this is this crazy. I heard like nothing like it before as well. It was... Oh, shit. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. It was an awakening. Getting to that song soon, actually, and I haven't been looking forward to it, but I'm... Because I haven't been thinking about it, but now I'm extremely looking forward to doing that song because you know, fall outside too. Yeah. So the mood is right, I think. <laughs> but uh, good songs today, still, and definitely nice to be back to uh, Brave New World. But I think first in is another album, right? It is, yeah. So, first up, we got a bit of an odd song, um, from The Final Frontier, uh, if I'm correct. It's uh, The Man Who Would Be King, yes, that's it. I think it must be one of my least listened to songs in the entire Maiden catalog. So I had to approach it for today. I had good energy today, so I thought I'll approach it like a new track. Like it's on uh, Senjutsu, basically. And Senjutsu just came out. So I think I doubled my amount of listens to this track (laughs) this day alone, because I was biking and alternating that with the Mercenary and the Mercenary Live, because it all seemed to make sense. And it was entertaining enough. I think I threw this song aside very early on. There will be some explanations along the way why I think I did that, but um, definitely a nice one to get into for, for some analysis. Uh, it felt like as fun as doing like uh, going through Hell on Earth or Lost in a Lost World for the same reason, so quite psyched with the episode, and uh, I don't know how you guys came in uh, for this particular song. Final Frontier kind of turned me off the band at the time, so um, yeah, I didn't really land, but I've come to appreciate it as, as time's gone on. I think with this song specifically, I remember hearing the intro and getting a vibe that it was going to be a bit like uh, Nomad, which is one of my one of my favourite tunes as well. Nomad, was it? Yeah, the, yeah, Nomad, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think... Then, of course, this is a Dave Murray song also, yeah. like you mentioned now. I think Murray Harris, or, or is, could it be Murray Dickinson? This I, is Murray Harris. Murray, this is, yeah. Murray Harris. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got that yeah, lovely intro, and this came with the, the lyrics and everything. It's had this sort of view of like mountain. I think mountain might actually be one of the lyrics in there. This gave me this sort of view, and then when it dropped into the... Um, like the first bit, it is kind of it's a bit bit flaccid. However, as well, no doubt we'll go through the song. 
listening to it um, critically for this has given me some appreciation for certain bits. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, when because we had a bit of back and forth before I knew what song I'll be doing. Um, and when this one come up, this is, aside from Age of Innocence, is probably like my second uh, least favourite song from the reunion era. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. great. <laughs> yeah. At least it was then, I guess, yeah. you know. At least it was then. But I don't know. It's actually sometimes... But it's the beauty of the show, the though, best isn't it? Way to introduce, the best way to introduce mm-hmm. a new guest is not have someone come in and, like, do uh, revelations and be, you know, just frothing all over it. Yeah, like yeah. I will and like eric will and you get maybe a little bit more character like i think it was nice when we got greg on board with don't look through the eyes of a stranger for example <laughs> like that's a good way to get to know him right yeah. and then he was surely he was in for like flash of the blade flight of Icarus, and amazing stuff subsequently but i think that's a good place to start and especially a song like this my first thinking was like today that is like this is a bit of a wild ride it goes a little here a little there mm-hmm. uh, if you maintain like listening concentration throughout it's, it's actually quite rewarding, uh, at least in parts. Uh, what about you, Eric, this song? Uh, so the first time I heard it, um, just when the album had come out like that, obviously. Uh, but it, um, yeah, it, it's weird. It's very different. It's uh, like the first half of it. Uh, it's, it's like you said, it's very, it's, 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 it doesn't have a lot going for it, I feel, initially. And it's, but then when it, vi- it finally does sort of go off, especially like the... Uh, the instrumental break that bit there is completely just completely nuts and i love that bit but i think that bit's stronger than like uh, the, the the vocal melodies and the sort of the uh the um uh at least in the first half i think our opinions are going to clash on that one it's on the opposite <laughs> all right oh, fair enough fair enough fair enough uh i mean that's essentially because there's, there's a, this is one of the few instances on a maiden album that i can recall you you hear a slide guitar that's usually not very prominent uh there's a bit of that in the solo section um it's a, it's it's interesting. I mean, I understand why they've never done it live, uh, but um, and it's also in that sort of area where I think, like I said, a lot of people. I mean, two out of three people here on this call, you know, did say they did sort of that, that album did put them off Maiden for a bit, and I think that was, did that for a lot of people because uh, it's a bit it was a bit different. There's so certain things on there they they haven't done before, and they they ha- haven't really done since. And I, uh, I mean, it's it's nice that they're trying. They try you know, even that late in the game, they'll try try to do weird stuff doesn't always work uh but you know it um right right yeah and a murray track this must be the last murray track in the discography at this point no. i think a uh, man of sorrows yeah oh yeah that's right uh, but i think there's a good point to i guess get into listening to the track a little bit uh, it's a pretty lengthy tune so just to keep some structure how long is it 827 827 yeah here we go <laughs> Now, I know, I know the title is from a, an old Sean Connery, Michael Caine movie. Yeah, yeah, I thought we'd get into the concept after we run through the music. Sure, yeah. I really like this intro. I like this, yeah. It sets up a scene, right? Mountainous, uh, misty. Yeah. A misty scene, right? It sounds beautiful. It's fantastic. I really, I, that's why my hopes were, like, set high when this, uh, when this first starts. For me, it reminds me of Lightning Strikes Twice mm-hmm. in its kind of simplicity and perhaps naivety, but still dramatic, right? As he travels on the beast of burden, moving up along the mountainside. The singing here, it works in a way that it's just doing the guitar, right? So the melody is the same naive type melody, but it works better because the guitar prefaced it, I think. As he journeys across mountains, 
And of course, you get the imagery here in the lyrics, right? Fits well, I would say. Yeah. Harris move for sure. <laughs> you know, connecting the words like that. And of course, like a slow, moody intro, Dave. So so far, following the MO, both of them, I would say. Exactly. I'll say that I think I, I do. I do like this bit. I think the bit I don't really care for now. I think about is probably the. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, uh. Yeah, yeah. Now this is probably the best verse in the song. Let's put it like that. Long pause. Yeah, I know. I was, I was thinking, is it going to start? <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty cool. Like, they're taking their time because there's no click, so they're not waiting for that either. Like, they're mm. just breathing in. And then this is this is pretty cool. This foreshadows a later part of the song, which happens to be one of my more favorite bits. And it made me think of uh, Still Life mm -hmm. a little bit. Look into that pool, you know, that arpeggiated, yeah. dark vibe. I think it goes on for too long. I'm a big Maiden apologist um, when it comes to their, their choices, but uh, I like when it gets the second half and you've got the tone starts coming and it builds up for the last bar. That sounds awesome. I think it could be the whole thing could be like half the, dare I say it, yeah. half the length, basically. I agree. I really dig the part, but such editing would have been beneficial for this era. And then the verse here, I don't like it. Searching for the answer now. You're going, going towards that Matt Stone, Trey Parker, basketball feeling, you know. Uh, just describing what's happening and it doesn't sound poetic and it doesn't sound groovy. I don't like these verses. Yeah, this this bit I do not care for really. Or it's, it's, I mean, it's fine, just not as good as what comes after or before, I guess. But I think it's rhythmically weak. That's the problem. This is okay. I like the little like interlude a, bit that comes in. Yeah, it's a good little break, right? Uh, pretty riffy. The one thing I'll say now, it will come on to the, I guess, the pre-chorus and chorus. The song like builds quite nicely. The verse is very kind of, you know. I have a problem with the verse. You know, it, it sends me to don't look through the eyes of a yeah. stranger, that kind of stuff. I see. So the answer now, it feels forced, superimposed. Uh, uh, what's the word? Ah, oh, well, this is awesome anyway. I like this. <laughs> it goes bit. back to that. Still lifey, arpeggiated vibe. I like this. Mm. It's got a nice feel of good. Um, like urgency and tension because it's like yeah, building singing the good. And even the snare, this beat, you know, you can find it in Still Life, you can find it in Loneliness, uh, such tracks, you know, the kind of tight, hi hat, on beat thing. Now, for some reason, and this the, is pretty cool too. The chorus, the chorus know, is for pretty some cool. reason, this is a bit, doesn't really do it for me. I don't know why. I'd put it like middle of the road chorus. It definitely qualifies, you know. It's not super strong. Uh, what do you think, Andy, about the chorus? I actually quite like the chorus as well. This is where I was quite surprised by how much I enjoyed the oh. song going back to it. And I think mm -hmm. it's because with the pre-chorus building up and then it hits the chorus, it kind of, it still goes up one extra step. Although it's not a fantastic chorus, it's still got that extra level when you hit a chorus, for me, in the, yeah. in the scope yeah. of the song, at least. When before I was listening to it, I just kind of thought the whole thing was pretty bland. But actually now it's giving me a bit of appreciation for it. It's the same for me, and I would say the chorus, while maybe not super exciting, I could see how you like don't really feel it, Eric, but yeah. while not that, uh, I, I think you said it better than I said it, how the chorus actually really does its job. Like It fulfills the idea of the song should lift at the chorus, and it has a very awesome pre-chorus, mm. so to still have a chorus that is not a letdown, is, is uh, that's a good chorus, you know, uh, definitely, but again, I can see your, your view on it, Eric, there. Or here, rather. Yeah, and then I mean, then I mean, I guess it's not. It's not like I really. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't hate it. It's just that it's. Uh, um, there's other things in the song I like more. I'm not uh, quite feeling it then. I guess. No, there you go. 
if it's other parts you like more, it doesn't say like what you actually think about the chorus. So. No, that's true. No, that's true. So, no, I, I mean, it just it just doesn't. I don't know for some reason that it, it's um, uh, it doesn't it doesn't take. It, I mean, there are there are songs where the chorus uh, will indeed sort of ruin the song for me. I think we've discussed the assassin <laughs> at length. Invaders, uh, <laughs> invaders just doesn't do, isn't doing anyone any favors either. Assassin, uh, yeah, or bad or what? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that that is the that is that is not what this is doing. It's just not really adding too much for me. That's what I'll say. I guess is um, maybe you you want to be more surprised by it. Maybe like yes. more more taken. But surprised in a good way because I, I was yeah, indeed surprised no. the first time I heard the assassin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we moved on to that. I was on to that at least with Greg in, in so far so pod. So what we were on to that like I like the guys like Steve uh, or even Dave Mustaine or uh, to a certain extent Bruce that you know pull out a five out of five song and a yeah. one out of five on the same record i like that they take the chance yeah, uh, yeah. you know about you being surprised and the assassin at least they're taking the chance <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, that, that, it, was, it was it was a missed it was a missed shot but you know yeah. it was a shot what is it when gresky said you, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take <laughs> or so the swedish artist ulf Lindell. even a cancelled show it's a show there you go what? so uh but uh, <laughs> but, uh <laughs> really but then for me like the bit that i really enjoy is the is this sort of weird bit that comes afterwards? A slide guitar going on, and then like just uh, some sort of very frantic soloing behind it, and some sort of weird bits. I really enjoy this bit. It's very, it's very. There's nothing really. They've never really done anything quite like this. There's uh, on my bike route that I was on before here. There's two major uphill kind of battles, mm-hmm. and I came um, in for the first one on this verse, and I was thinking, oh shit, <laughs> this verse I don't like it, and I'm gonna go uphill with this guy. And then just as, you know, uh, this little battle of sorts started, we got into this part of the song. And this gave me energy, like you know, something new, something interesting. It switches mood, and it's completely not made in, in the tonality of it, which I reckon, love. Who do you reckon's on the slide? I hope Dave. So who do you think's doing the solo behind it? I mean, Dave's doing the oh, solo. Okay, yeah, okay. Then Adrian, Adrian, he would normally be the slide dude, right? Yeah. Great solos and very ethereal feel. Yeah. But the only, I mean, what, what, it, it's just sort of jarring because it doesn't really. It sort of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and that's. I go completely against what you guys are saying. I really don't like this section. Oh, for uh-huh. um, Because it's a departure, or yeah, I, I think it comes a little bit too left field first of all and one of the things when I was doing a bit of research for the song um, there was something from um, uh, Kevin Shirley's you know, notes for it and Yannick had like cut his hand when they were learning the albums this album was kind of put sorry this song was kind of put together in the studio a bit of cut and paste and that's how it feels it kind of is just dropped in you've got that guitar oh, yeah. tone which is I do agree with that actually yeah. which is like in reverse oh. as well so it's all it's a lot of wankery but it's kind of reverse wankery and it's just like a bit yeah. you know I don't know. Well, I guess I I just like the wankery more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's simple as that, but I really dig the tonality. <laughs> that thing reminds me of Catatonia a bit, like the best area of the band, I think, around Last for Deal Gone Down, Viva Emptiness era, Catatonia. Mm-hmm. It has that sort of cinematic uh, vibe to it. I like it way more than the intro, for example. Like I would throw the intro under the bus any day, uh, you know, instead of this. Uh, but maybe it's just because it's, you know, maybe it could be the guitarist in me, I guess. It's very guitar-y part that you know as a guitarist you sh- should probably like it <laughs> i don't know but, but I, don't just know. About, I do agree that it is very 
it makes but, sense. But yeah, before you go, I was yeah. just going to say, for the record, I agree that it sounds just like thrown in there, Captain Pay style. That I agree with mm-hmm. 100%. And hearing that, that that's what happened. That does kind of make sense, I think, that because it does kind of sound like that. I do agree with that. Um, I'm sure that maybe as much as I enjoy this this bit, I think it probably would have been better if you could if it was implemented in a sort of less forced kind of way or a weird, in a way that doesn't just seem like it's coming completely from out of nowhere. Um, yeah, and then it goes then, could have been it, a different tune, I guess. Even yeah, I mean maybe, but I don't know. But because then it kind of ends up in uh, slightly more traditional maiden territory. I think that, that that bit works well. Those bits connect very well. That nice feel and then they go into this airborne vibe here. Traditional Maiden ryth- rhythmically, but still the guitar melody is a bit more... Uh, that, that chord is still weird. And it comes from the prior part. And I think this is back from the verse, isn't it? A little bit that goes in between. Oh yeah, that little interlude. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Good catch. I think this last verse has the the worst Maiden lyric. Yeah, <laughs> that was in my mental notes yeah. for sure. Just, as soon as it comes, I was like, I remember that bit. Is this the last verse? Yes. Yeah. Very forced. That's the one. A lot. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's just the way the whole, you know, the, the lyric is uh, presented there. It just doesn't make sense. It just feels like we wanted to shove in that that particular bit, and that will that will do. This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> that part. It sounds like it's improvised too. Like he didn't put any time writing the lyrics. He's just forcing the syllables in. Uh, this is the worst verse in, in the band's history. But it seems like also like change such a lot. I don't know that is necessarily even. I mean, it's not grammatically incorrect, yeah. I guess. But you, no one would ever, no one would ever say it that way. Yeah, it's rhyming with the the previous row, right? That's why they do that. Yeah, I know, but I'm just it, it, does, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make no, that makes it even worse. I would say, yeah. you know, because that yeah. makes it as we call in Swedish emergency rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's kind of my problem with it. It just it just sounds weird. There's something we, I don't know. I think I don't know if we've actually addressed it. We probably should have last week, or it was because. Another one of these instances is we uh, in the uh, we, we made quite a bit of fun uh, about a year ago about the song Stratego and that the fact that in that song there's a bit where he uh, that's that is grammatically incorrect where he said listen my call which doesn't really make any sense and live now he has changed it to listen to my call uh, but it's on the record yeah, we, did still. It. we addressed that in the we did episode yeah that, that came out just now with the uh-huh. the man predictions fair enough the man mind. predictions. Yeah. <laughs> Part uh, 2 or 2023 version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this last verse is... Um, I'm going to read some of it. Uh, Just to make his peace with God, uh, trying something that he's not, is impossible to change such a lot. <laughs> you know, He's taken someone's life away. There's not a day that goes by he regrets what he's done. That's also like, that's what he's done. Yeah. I don't like how it, yeah. it flows. It's... it's it's a radically shit-flowing verse, this. Maybe one of the worst in the, in the band's history. Yeah. This, this particular repeat of the worst verse is worse than the other one, even. Yeah, and like, I, think I don't like it at all. This kind of stuck with me as well as like one of my takeaways from when I originally heard the song. I was like, oh, this is, isn't, yeah, isn't and kind even of today, like, 
uh, today. I enjoyed listening through it while biking and beautiful day. But this part, every time, it's like <sighs> I would have been the song would have been better off cutting it off entirely. Yeah, just head straight to the pre-chorus. Or mm-hmm. uh, there is a pre-chorus here, right? Yeah. yeah, I assume it goes back to the pre-chorus again. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, actually. awesome part. The pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. If you like, Mary Maiden should work for you. Yeah, urgent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think part of this song was also for Adrian's fishing video. When he did like a promo video for, for his fishing book, <laughs> they actually put a, curiously enough, a Dave Murray tune in it. And I remember enjoying it in that particular... Maybe it's the right setting. Uh, ...advert, I guess. Never bought the book, though. In fact, my notes say the outro is sexy. That's how fun we got it. Oh, sexy outro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We do like a sexy outro, right? Indeed. And this is a bit business. Mm-hmm. But this is cool. But it does have a bit of a swagger. Mm-hmm. Some harmony. Mm-hmm. This is good. Uh, this is great. Actually. Yeah. I had forgotten about this part even today. Yeah. It's got a nice little bit of vocal at the end as well. Mm-hmm. It kind of saves itself here at the end, I think. Mm-hmm. By now, I have forgotten about that terrible verse. Yeah, just a small retardando, not like too much of a yeah. long goodbye. Nice. Like, definitely not a, a, like an annoying long farewell that is. No exhausting no it's a nice amount at the end and i don't want to call i mean the mid part of the song from once the guitars kick off there are bits i like in it but i think the mm. intro and the outro are the best bits I don't want to use the term shit sandwich because it's not that but it's got lovely pieces of bread the middle bit is uh, it's okay yeah i would say it's like every other slice of, of uh, <laughs> what do you call that poor leg what was yeah. that in, in english toppings, uh, toppings. Yeah, every, every other slice of topping or whatever you call that uh, it's is good and, and, the, and the, the other one is a little funky not terrible except for that verse but uh, in, in the end like I'm happy as, I, as I've you know go through the song uh, or have gone through the song I feel pretty happy with it I was going to say I think what may not help it as well is that on the album it's sequenced between um, Where the Whirlwind Blows and um, Talisman I believe yeah. yeah. so those yeah. two songs for me personally I, I love both of those songs so it's me too it's going to you know have a tough time between those two anyway very long album as well mm-hmm. and you get into the tail end there's just long song after long song and it's like no wonder i didn't know which song it was when i watched that adrian fishing clip i just like what what song is it i had to ask people it's a little bit similar to um Sinjutsu, i guess and it's all having three long songs at the end yeah new maiden right yeah but now, now have any of you guys ever played the uh, the mobile game legacy of the beast i have not no because I, when I played for a while, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's, it's you know, you go around, you have you collect various eddies and you fight other monsters. It's very fun. Uh, you, I mean, you, uh, that's basically all it is. So you kind of get tired of it after a while. And there's not, there's not I mean, you, you just different worlds and you find different eddies and it's, it's fun in that sense. Uh, but one of the things was uh, whenever you win a match, uh, the victory kind of uh, thing that is played is the, uh, the guitar bit in the middle um, uh, right, right before it gets back into the uh, the verse, that do 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 that that bit really? is that's the victory. Yeah, so that means that if you, when I was playing of the sound on, I got really tired of the sound. 
<laughs> it's got a triumphant feel, though, hasn't it? It sounds quite triumphant, that bit, so that makes sense, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but, yeah. Like that Final Fantasy song, uh, Every Victory. I, I, I mean, it's been, a, it's been ages since I played those games, but that's stuck in your head, too. It starts with a fanfare, like... Da -da 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 -da. That's what this is. It has, it has, like you said, it's had a very triumphant kind of, and that's very. So I understand why you did it. And that's, there's other bits in the game too where they have various uh, snippets of stuff that sort of fit the mood at that point. But all it means is that after, if you, put, you know, you eventually get tired of those snippets <laughs> pretty quickly. So I tell what's quite cool though about that is, um, is that they're using like effectively like a deep cut song as part of yeah. that. That's really cool actually that they've done yeah. that. Mm, yeah, that's true. Not well, just yeah, it's, like, it's uh, true because I think a lot of people assumed. Or some people, I think probably, I mean, I didn't think this was going to happen, but because initially when they announced the tour, title of the tour, Legacy of the Beast, um, and they had an official playlist called Legacy of the Beast on their Spotify, that was just songs from the games. So people, some uh, people thought they were actually were going to be playing this on tour. I'm like, no, they're not going to be doing this. Yeah, no I keep way. forgetting the, the game is named as the tour, right? Yeah. 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 So before we get to the verdict, I promised um, a little uh, window for lyrics here. Yes, I don't know. Now again, like I said, the mention. Um, if you want, yeah. So um, Harry's watched a film. He watched them as 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 often as the case. He he's he's watching. He's watching. He's yeah. He was flipping the channels, and this showed up. Um, yep. Now I haven't seen this movie. I'll say so. I don't necessarily know uh, how how close this follows the the film. I mean, it's the, it's the just it is it is the title straight up. So it, I'm assuming it is to some degree inspired. Uh, it's, but it's it to be about a murderer, right? Yeah, but also, yeah. it's also, it's, it's not just the movie, it's also uh, Riyard Kipling, uh, the guy who did the Jungle Book. Uh, it's, 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 it's based on um, uh, uh, something he wrote initially. So yeah. that, that could be from there as well. I don't know. Um, Kipling. Now, I always think about that in, uh, British English politician that started reading Kipling in, in Cambodia or no, it was in Burma and it was not. Uh, not befitting the situation whatsoever, no. uh, reading like some uh, colonial uh, uh, poem <laughs> about this uh, great colonial guy. But of course, Jungle Book is a classic, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good one, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to segue us back because um, Kipling's are a type of or brand of cakes, at least here in the UK. Oh, well, so I was going to bring us back to our talk before we started recording about when does a cupcake become a muffin? Oh, yeah, we've got to deal with that too, right? Circle there on that. Yeah, we need to actually deal with that. When does a cupcake become a muffin or is cupcake just an American word? And Maybe they're the, are they the same thing. Yeah, because I think cupcake is a pastry. Well, let's do this. All right. So for me, the cupcake is a is a pastry, whereas a muffin, like 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 for instance, like I, I feel like a uh, like a the red velvet uh, quote unquote muffin that I bought today uh, is probably more of a cupcake than say uh, than a muffin. But like a brand muffin is like uh, you don't really get those here. But that's that that is definitely that that is a muffin. So it'd be interesting to see what the people, the people at home, if they, if they have strong feelings about this. I don't know they will, but I'd like to hear people's. I'll ask Nick Jones from Pot of Thunder because yeah. he's a uh, aficionado in uh, baking treats. Well, there you go. He always, he always brings baked treats to to the show to the others, and uh, they're really advanced, so he, he should know. 
Yeah, I mean, that will probably get a... There is probably a very clear definition. The Muffin Man is seated at the table in the laboratory of the Utility Muffin Research Kitchen. It's fun to speculate sometimes, though. Reaching yeah, for an oversized for sure. chrome spoon, he turns to us and speaks. Some people like cupcakes better. I, for one, care less for them. Hello, this is Nick from Pot of Thunder. And what is the line, you ask, between a cupcake and a muffin? Well, that line is blurry, that line is cloudy, that line is downright translucent, because that line is the line between icing and frosting. You can have a muffin with some clear, translucent-looking icing on it, no problem, it's a muffin. Once you start putting frosting on it, however, buttercream, whipped cream, cream cheese, frosting, whatever, my friend, you're looking at a cupcake. Girl, you thought it was a man, but it was a muffin. Who cries is heard in the night as a result of him stuffing. So uh, do we have more on the lyrics? I think not great lyrics, I guess, because I don't like the verses. Yeah, I think for me it's more around, I think the music resonated more with me and I was not really picking up much of the lyrics as such, apart from the the uh, that bit in the third verse, the change such a lot, that bit really stuck with me. Um, mm. Aside from that, I guess it's more the music stays with well, me. Of course, we, we mentioned the intro. Yeah, and how it yeah, fits. yeah. The intro, yeah, fits that the gives mood. me, a, as yeah. I was saying at the beginning, like a really nice... Um, sort of image of being in mountains and sand dunes and whether or not it's intentional to have that that's the kind of vibe I get from it um, yeah. kind of Alexander the Great Nomad kind of yeah. that kind of thing um, and then yeah I like the outro as well but I guess that's just repeating the song title over and over again but the outro nicely done you know definitely stands in, in top tier made an outro sure. they're not always the kings of outros you know some yeah. of the best outros is probably just you know when they they just stop and just <laughs> And this is a more elaborate outro that works. Mm -hmm. Just as I'm reading this, I feel the first verse there, those lyrics are work. I mean, they're not, they're not, you know, uh, anything uh, earth shattering. So really, but they're, 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 they're solid and they fill up the mood. And I think they work very well. Even in the second verse, there's some really cringy shit here. There's like, it's like, uh, let's see. Well, he needs to find the answer sooner than later. <laughs> Pushing himself to the limits. These times, it's, yep, it's, I agreed. Not yeah, good. Yeah. It's just not good. Yeah. Let's see what else he's got here. Oh, yeah. So he's searching for the answer now. It's something that he's managed to avoid up to now. He's searching I mean, yeah. for the answer now. Now and now. That's probably mentioned it before. But he's yeah, looking it's, it's, for a place to park his car now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're going back there. Yeah. Harry's just, you know, listing. <laughs> he's just listing. <laughs> this is what it's about <laughs> now. It's not good. So from some of the um, like quotes I was able to pull together just online, um, there's one of them mm -hmm. here from Steve. Um, I can't remember where I actually found this one. This oh, it was on. It was from the Maiden Fans Forum, something I've been frequenting for many years. And this was by Forrester, I believe, has translated it. And to summarise, basically, is Steve saying that um, the Manu King is a challenging composition because that Rod didn't want to have it on the record. It'd be too difficult for the average listener. Um, basically, Steve got his own way. That's that's the short version of it. But mm. I thought it was interesting that there was that kind of opinion from Rod on that as well. Yeah, it's very interesting. But also, it's nice that his opinion is overruled. Yes. Like yeah, that. more importantly, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because that's one of the reasons I keep, I guess, getting back or sticking with this band, is that it's a true band, you know. <laughs> like there's no, there's no inch of of uh, giving in uh, on part of Steve, at least. You know? For better or for worse, but that's what makes them for so good. Yeah, yeah. List-wise, you know, I'm gonna put this episode on the list of one of the more, or this bit of the episode on the list of one of the more fun to do. But I'm not gonna put the song on on the top list. No, no, no. It was never going there. That's yeah, a no for me as well. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think there's no one at home yelling at their screen right now. Maybe Dave Murray is. <laughs> Maybe he is. I don't know he's listening, but if he were, if he is, then he's never off. yelled. He doesn't yell. No, this is true. <laughs> Look at that guy. He's not, <laughs> he's not gonna raise his voice. Obviously, you know. He's just even when Sharon pulled the electricity during his bit in Phantom of the Opera, somewhere during the Ozfest thing, they did. Yeah, that was even then he was fucking smiling, smiling and doing this with his hands. You know, I'm doing the. I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. What should I do? Like uh, he's such an ultimate guy. Of all the songs as well, that's like sacrilege. Yeah, yeah, that's absolute sacrilege. But his reaction is that of a. We perfect... gotta talk about that at some point. Yeah, we should. Yeah. We should get Peter Ivish back because he was on that tour. So I don't know <laughs> if he right, signed. Yeah. A, maybe he signed like a non-disclosure agreement after that. Who knows? But uh, if he, if not, we should. I mean, mean Ausfest doesn't exist anymore. I don't know that's. I mean, no, Sharon might go after. You him. never know with Ozzy and Sharon. You know, I yeah. just to listen to bits of the for, uh, uh, our label label mates. I almost said. I guess you could say Deep by Podcast Network mm-hmm. mates anyway, and they just did uh, Diary of a Madman. So actually with Nick Jones, the previously mentioned uh, aficionado of, of uh, all things sweet. But yeah, uh, uh, but yeah uh, that's a mess when you get into that. You know, the Bob Daisley on that album writing all the lyrics and uh, not getting credited uh, oh, wow. at all, actually. And, uh, and Ozzy being credited for writing riffs, you know, that's, that's not that never happened. Buried information. Let's move on to something a bit more... Um, a beat. Yeah, something, something, something that I, I, I'm assuming is... Because no, no I, I can't imagine that anyone would specifically request the man who would be king. But I imagine that this next song is is is. Uh, I guess probably, we just we just talked our way to a song. I don't think you pulled this one. Like I want to do the mercenary, especially. Are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I yeah, uh, yeah, I'd yeah. had no preference. I think I said I like to do the unbeliever if that ever comes around to it, but that's so far down the, uh, mm. down the road. Funny, funny how that one is actually quite requested already. I, I bet it is. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, um, yeah but, I mean, it would be fun also if we had a huge panel for the unbeliever. That's yeah. a made an A to Z move. It'd be unbelievable. Oh. Uh-huh. Right? Um, Very good, sir. Yeah, I don't think I requested anything specific. Um, it was just, yeah, if there was ever an opportunity. Because I listened to you guys for about a best part of a year by that point. And um, oh, right. yeah, it was that's any right. opportunity. And uh, I think that was back end of last year and then here I am and also if you're uh, um, like if you pick up the details and have listened to this episode that we're recording right now you know that it's your favorite album it is it is indeed yeah that's news to me but uh, not the first one coming on saying that and it's a very strong album nice to be back at it what do you think Eric yeah it's, it's definitely one of my favorite as well um, it's like we've said many times that we uh, that this is like the first album that uh, I mean, this this came out just as I was sort of Starting my uh, as we came in, we yeah. came in. This came out, right? It's right around then. But I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really. Uh, this is the album that made me a fan. I guess I would say probably. So this yeah. happened around the same. And you know, then, then I, that tour was amazing. And we, you know, that I think specifically made me a, the fan I am today is probably the uh, that gig stadium the, gig. Yeah, stadium yeah, gig. yeah. And that's the cool part that it's ages before we met. But that's when I also went like it was, it was set for me seeing yeah. that show. And also, I recall the album coming out. I, 
I've probably done, you know, done this anecdote before, but I go into town and I do like Number of the Beast quite a bit already. And I come into the shop and, you know, Swedes are reserved people. We don't really talk. If, 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 not, if it's not necessary, we don't talk in public. But the guy behind the counter in this big-ass record store, you know, they used to exist in those days. Like in the, sen- in the middle of town, you can think HMV, HMV or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's a big one, quite anonymous. And he still asks me, a kid, 13, like, so have you heard the record yet? And I was like, oh, yes, that, okay. So, no, I have only heard Wicker Man, like on, on telly. It's like, the record is fucking great. <laughs> I just remember, you know, thinking like, fuck, these boys are still doing it. That guy must be at least 20. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he still thinks it's great. Yeah. And I'm going home, reading the booklet, like uh, one of the best days of my life for sure. Uh, because mm. it was just like, I found this dinosaur, I thought, and then it was pumped, new blood was pumped into mm. it and it felt like it was very much alive which definitely it was, you know, judging by the live form around that era. Yeah. So, you know, that, that set like set the set the game, and then the game was uh, won by Maiden when I saw that show. I would say it's interesting because I was um, uh, this afternoon I was visiting uh, a friend of ours who works at a record store uh, called Sound Pollution, and that's where we picked up that's where we picked up the latest album, Sujitsu. But I mean, a lot of things obviously do change as you get older and how you sort of feel about them and just how sort of things, you know, like, like the first time you see a movie when you're a kid is going to be, you know, very much different than when you see, you know, many times in the future. Uh, but for me, like, just thinking about how I felt when I was heading home from town with it, when it, having just picked up Brave New World or how I felt when I picked up Dance of Death, I was probably more excited about Dance of Death because that was the first sort of album when I, at that point I was a, you know, mega fan. Uh, but that particular feeling of going, heading home from town with a new, especially a new Iron Maiden album, that still feels the same for me, even 22 to late, two years later. I mean, that was definitely, I mean, just last year with Sinjutsu, I felt, I felt exactly the same way I did when I was a kid getting, bringing home Dance of Death or, you know, oh, that's awesome. that came out to them. Yeah. yeah, I had so a similar fun. thing with uh, Dance of Death. That was the first album where I was already in, being a fan by that yeah. point. Yeah. And I remember, um, I think Bruce was doing some radio station here in the UK and they um, play, I think it was the premiere actually of Dance of Death and maybe Passion now, possibly. Mm. I definitely remember Dance of Death and um, I had not heard a song like that before um, Mm. at that time. And it was just, yeah, an incredible experience again. And yeah, set my um, expectations really high for the album. I really like Dance of Death as well. I think it's a great album. So for that song, especially. Yeah, that song, that song has a very, there's again, one of those sort of, they haven't really done anything like that since then. It's, it's a very odd kind of uh, has a very has a very special kind of vibe to that particular song. Mm. And they don't. And I yeah, I love that song. I love the Celtic. I know they do it a lot, but I love that Celtic sound with their music. They've yes. got the sort of jiggy bits. Um, yeah, jiggy bits is pretty. We've not, already done that. Say that. So yeah. we've already done <laughs> yeah. the song. But I I will say about that song that it, that was a grower for me. Mm. First time I heard it, it was like Spinal Tap, but not intended to be funny. Uh, which you know I can still see that, but I think it's a great drinking type song. It's like a pagan theater, you know. Yeah. Like you, you have a theater in. Let's do a Game of Thrones reference because they're back now with <laughs> House of the Dragon, but mm. uh, like in Flea Bottom in in King's Landing, you know, where all the poor peeps hang out, and you have a theater on stage doing Dance of Death. Mm. Everyone's drinking, you know. It's kind of rough pagan theater yeah. vibe to it. That uh, it's not Shakespeare, right? It's more like uh, Shakespeare drunk, <laughs> but but I, I I quite like it, you know. It works. Especially when I'm when I've been drinking like at the at the tail end of a drinking night, four a.m. walking home, it's like dance of death. Or you prancing really home? Uh, yes. Hopefully prancing a little bit, you know. <laughs> dan- dan- dancing, thirty percent, 
promising 70. Oh, wow. There you go. That's, that's a good high ratio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a little bit up tempo coming in now with the mercenary kind of yes, the, that's the, song. the, the yeah. quick tune on the album together with uh, Fallen Angel. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a quicker tune. Fallen Angel has more of a three time, and this is, if I recall, like more of a straight four type feeling. Yeah, I think this is the third shortest on the album. I think Wicker Man and Fallen Angel are a little bit shorter, but it's still yeah. four, four and a bit minutes probably. And as usual, I don't have the credits in front of me, but could it be Gareth Harris? Yeah, it is. It is. And um, the unusual, I don't want to skip it right to the solo, but I've got a couple of unusual bits on this that Yannick doesn't actually do a solo on this, which is quite unusual. Okay. I think for being a song which um, he wrote, you would imagine it would have been him doing that. Very gentlemanly of him, you know? Maybe. Just step aside, hold the door up, and let the other guys yeah. walk in through with their guitars. <laughs> uh, let's play a bit of it. I remember first listen and I thought this intro was badass when I was mm. a kid. I'd heard this originally on um, Talking Maiden um, some time ago, so I, this, I, I didn't research this myself, but the, the intro is from a demo from one of Yannick's old bands. Ah, so makes the sense. thing I think is quite interesting though is that the riff must be from like the 70s or 80s originally, but it sounds very modern. Yeah, but it's massive sounding mm. with, with this production. Yeah. So it has a lot of this halftime feel here, and that's going to be a weakness of the strong of the song. But this is halftime, and then also the show them no fear bit, so it gets very meandering in that sense. That's true. Loses well, a bit of its bit momentum. Here. The riff comes back; it kind mm. of breaks yeah, it up a I little like bit. I like that. I like that. And then halftime again. Mm. But, I feel it works. Uh, I mean, mm. for me, that that does that does. It's good parts. Good. It's good parts, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And also good drumming, you know, so the halftime surely has like a a groove to it, right? I like little cool riffs. bits in there as well. Yeah, yeah I really like them. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of the identity of the song musically is those. I feel that that's where it lies, you know. Oh. I wish I'd um watched or rewatched the Rock in Rio video of this song beforehand because I have this image of Bruce standing on the monitors singing that chorus. Ah. I feel like it's yeah. what he'll be doing. I think so, yeah. So I'll, I'll lower it down a bit, and uh, I was going to say also, I think I picked this up from Talking Maiden too, ages since I listened to that episode, but uh, it was a good podcast, mm. uh, and we've credited them before, like at least I have, you know, for, for inspiring us to start, definitely. And in that one, I think they mentioned that this song is on an Arnold movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Yeah. Well, I, I, think, I, I think it's... I think it's Predator? The movie, yeah, that's what I was going to try to say, yes. I think when yeah, I looked it up, can, it said it was the song was written about a bun, uh, bounty hunter, bounty hunter. Um, but then I think they elaborated further on that to think it was about predator from there, if I remember rightly. A cupcake hunter, a cupcake, <laughs> <laughs> or a bounty cake hunter, if you will. Indeed, is that chocolate too? Bounty, <laughs> bounty hunter, um, the least no, favorite I mean, chocolate. I mean, yeah. it's funny because a lot of people independently, a friend of mine, uh, uh, actually fairly recently. He's not, he's not a big Maiden fan, but every now and again when he does get drunk and we start talking about movies and the movie Predator comes up, he will mention that he's always felt that this, because one of the Maiden songs he does know is this one. He always said, well, this that's, you know, that's, they wrote a song about it. It, it has to be about Predator. And I'm like, oh, I guess maybe. I hadn't really thought about that much, but he's been going on that. I've, I mean, I've known him for like 14 years and I've been hearing this for 14 years every now and again. And yeah, so yeah. that's for me, That's that, that has always sort of been the case. 
to a certain extent. I just haven't really cared enough to verify it, but that I guess it makes sense. I wonder why they didn't just go all in because they have no issue with naming stuff directly after yeah. you know, songs or, or books or, or songs, sorry, uh, books or films or something like that. So yeah. The bounty hunter. The, the, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the good. mercenary has a, has a stronger uh, ring to it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing on this song as well is that um, it was one of the carryovers from Virtual Eleven. That you can hear. And that was in my notes too. Mm, like yeah. You can definitely hear Blaze sing this. Uh, it's a lower chorus where he could reach like the... That's his register. Mm. You know, yeah, it he, sound, he could definitely it must, do that. I think it was sounding I good. I think he already had probably already had been singing on it, you know, considering it's Harry's, Harry's lyrics. And I was going to say before I forget, the uh, last song we did was uh, some of the, you know, least effective verses I've heard in this band. And these verses are way more effective, mm. like, in the heat, dehydrate, making monsters out of men. Yeah. It has a nice, you know, in it and very rhythmically pleasing yeah yeah, yeah. i'd say yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's fantastic delivery and there's a lot of conviction with it as well yep. there's certain yeah. like words especially bruce really gives it some balls for lack of a better phrase he sounds he sounds he has some balls for sure mm. some corners there and he sounds so expensive on this album he sounds like a million dollar singer platinum bruce. i think yeah what do you think about that eric like the production of the vocals i think on this album is is pretty fucking great it yeah, sounds amazing. so powerful yes yeah, it's also you can just hear what he's doing um, on every single song of this album, and not that he has, not that he's by any stretch of imagination is even phoning it in on other things. But you, did, but well, okay. To be fair, uh, the last time, the last recording released with him in Iron Maiden before this, before Brave New World, was those you know, horrendous live albums where he obviously was phoning it in to some degree. Because yeah. you could hear what he was doing. He he could you, know, you could hear it. It's not like that. It would be one thing if he couldn't sing anymore, and that's what he was doing. But he obviously could still sing. He just didn't, even though, you know, there's, there's some horrendous versions of songs in those uh, Real real Dead one. Real, Fear album. of the Dark, the, the album itself, is not entirely tight on the vocals. No, but that's still that's still better than the, those live albums. That's true, that's true. And you, and you can and you can hear a difference between, like, for instance, like we talked about Knights of the, Knights of the Dead, where he's obviously trying to do what, he, work through a bad situation. And this one there, he, he, those he didn't care. But you can tell that he can tell that he's he's giving 110% on every, every fucking syllable on, on this yeah. one. And it's all the way through. I think everyone is really just trying to give, you know... Yeah, I was going to say, it's the album that counts. This yeah. is the album that counts, because when they made Number of the Beast, they didn't know, right? They tried that their best, the best of their abilities, but they didn't know that that album would be so important. But when they do this, they know that this is probably the most important recording we're ever going to make in our whole lives. Yeah. So, And you can tell his voice sounds so expensive. Like, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It sounds like you had to pay a lot to get that guy in. Yeah, I mean... I think um, of the reunion albums is definitely the best sounding for me. I probably a yeah. lot of people probably, probably say the same thing. I guess or most people yeah, would. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's got a great, great sound. sound. Always respected Kevin Shirley since this, and yeah. always will because I think it's a production that can stand up to my favorite producer, uh, Martin Birch. It can definitely stand up mm -hmm. to his standards. It doesn't sound similar, and it, nor should it. You know, it's a different guy, different age, uh, different era. Yeah. So it really like this is the sound of 2000s Maiden, and I guess I think I would pin it on maybe the band being too comfortable to reach to this level again, because it, well, surely it's not comfortable to make it sound this good. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's not. You have to really like work for it, and they were quite a bit younger, mm. not much older than we are today when they did this. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, like, I mean, the um, 
uh, it's not it's not also like I, I do think that the albums that came after this uh, they they sound good as well, um, some some more than others. But I mean, some of that might just be, uh, you know, artistic choices that I don't always agree with. Like for, uh, but um, uh, I, I, we with the one we were just on, uh, Final Frontier. I, I feel that one is probably my least favorite of the you know Millennium era era Maiden production wise. I, I think. I think. Uh, I actually quite like that production. Maybe vocals aside, mm. uh, what yeah. do you think, Andy? I think it's definitely got a vibe. That album, it's it sounds in a certain way. It sounds different to the other reunion albums, and maybe it's because of you know. But it wasn't it recorded at the um, same place they did some of the classic albums. Was oh yeah, Compass yeah, Point, yeah. wasn't it? Compass yeah. Point, um, Point Bahamas, where Eric and Eric are going for bromance at some point. <laughs> wait, 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 oh, that's right. Yes, and now I remember. <laughs> you remember now? Yeah. I remember. Yes. <laughs> But uh, I, feel, I still think that album sounds good. It's just got its own own sound. Um, and but then, yeah, I, I never really let production or different types of production really influence my ultimate enjoyment. If it's you know unlistenable, that's, that's another thing. But I think all Maiden albums have got their own vibe and yeah. sort of um, style. And I would say the it's, same. It's a part you know, of, of it as well, as much as the artwork and anything else. It's got its sound. Of course, when we analyze Virtual Eleven, I shit, I shit on the guitar rhythm, yeah. guitar sound. But when I listen, and I think I mentioned that too, uh, when I did, you know, critique it. When I listen, I, I listen like you do. Then, like this, this is how it sounds, and yeah. you accept that, and you move on to what's the actual content here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's not a deal breaker. Yeah, I agree with that. But on Brave New World, you get this awesome production. That's a sweet, you know, it sweetens the deal. Yeah, definitely. Sure. It, it definitely. Um enhances the experience yeah what's the jungle burning bright i like that too i don't really know what that means is there explosions in the jungle or i guess so. just sounds cool. explosions in that movie yes <laughs> okay yeah explosions in the jungle that's cool there's a plethora of things blowing up in that movie if that's what one makes me think of that n64 game uh, golden eye hmm? as well that oh, was a little bit earlier. <laughs> or the jungle. I lost you guys for a minute, and I come back and we're talking about uh, Goldeneye. But I joined another podcast now. It's not. Huh? Was Goldeneye <laughs> to Z. Goldeneye to Z. Goldeneye to Z. Or Hibbers Jungle. Yeah, that was a good level. I, I recently actually got yeah, my 64 was... back out from uh, from storage. Oh, really? And it still works. Yeah, I got one. Mine is in the wardrobe back here. I should get like a HDMI converter and play it on the projector. That would be fun. Yeah. They're talking about doing a remaster of that mm. in some forms. That should be coming at some point. That would be fun. Could be a good idea because that was quite crude, but still a great game. That mm -hmm. was a fun game. Yeah. And it's funny because like a few years later, they tried to do like a Tomorrow Never Dies thing, and it just did not work. It was bad. Yeah, uh, but that wasn't Rare. A UK game developer called Rare. Because mm. mm -hmm. their follow-up yeah. was un was Perfect Dark because they didn't have a license for... Anyway, here comes the solo. Yeah, this rips as well. Sounds like David. Mm -hmm. Looks David, yeah. That's, That's awesome. Very youthful, you know. And Adrian, you know, ah, this is great. This reminds me of uh, Chemical Wedding also, like uh, a year or two prior. Amazing. Even though clearly Adrian wasn't in the band when they did this song, he put so much of a stamp on it that it sounds like Chemical Wedding. Now soon, soon one of my favorite bits, my favorite of the song comes. There's a this is cool too. Lifts. This is cool. Very engaging. 
But there's a bit where the where the guitar stop and the drums can go in the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love but that's that. my favorite. That's my favorite. It's, it's good so on the uh, <laughs> version as well with the. Crowd. There we go. I think. That's so groovy. That's so badass. I love that. It kind of lags on the second. And then, yeah. And from here on out, it's just choruses. Mm-hmm. Now on the Rock and Rio, he goes up a bit. Uh, one of these. Yeah. I addressed that recently, and I think Bruce himself gets a little bored singing the same melody over and over, so he starts alternating it a bit. Mm. I think it goes. Yeah. Does it go down on the? I think it's the third one or the fourth one. It drops down. I thought it might have changed the, the actual note itself, but I think it's just different octave maybe or something. He sings. Uh, uh, he sings. He goes down on one, like show them the fear real gutter, mm. you know. Uh, and then he goes up to, uh, I think, a third above on one of them. Actually, let's play it so you get it proper. It's a great rendition on, on Rock and Rio. Yeah. Also, vocally, I feel that this is a year later and it sounds more Bruce. The delivery overall sounds more bruised, like it really took the song. Uh, Oh no, this is before the solos. Let's give the Murray solo a spin, because he always changes things up. He's a couple of BPM faster as well, maybe. Brilliant tempo for live. Mm. Kind of aggressive, actually, for a 40-plus gang. Yeah, he's ripping it here too. Just ripping it up. Sounds like a storm. Mm. You know. I can see Davey doing his like guitar solo face to that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and Adrian is killing it here. Like it's a perfect Michael Shanker type tone. That's a studio level take in front of a quarter million people. You know, my, uh, this arm hair raising stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They sound so good here. It's amazing. For me personally, this is my favorite live album ever of any band. So his hair is when Bruce is going to start, you know, entertaining himself by variations in, in melody. All good. Doesn't get as, as draggy to me because he's entertaining me. You know, he's doing his job. Yeah. Another That's one. Goes yeah. Down, yeah. yeah, constantly switching in here. It becomes so much better, I think. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I think it was cool with that version as well when it, um, is it Silent Across that's before it? Which is again a fantastic song, and then I can imagine mm-hmm. you got all like the stage goes back into darkness, and he goes like the mercenary, and it kicks yeah. off. It's yeah, that's it's correct. Sign of the cross before, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it goes from a good song on Brave New World, actually one of my least favorite on the album, but we'll get back back to that. But it goes from that to a great song mm-hmm. in this in this rendition. Like uh, just those small variations, uh, I pay a lot for that. Mm. You know, uh, just to get it's, it's more entertaining. At the end, less of the loop, you know, copy-paste feeling. Not that I'm claiming the original feels like it's copy-paste, but the live version definitely feels more unit-like or band-like. And yeah, Bruce, yeah, yeah. Is, Bruce is way back in the band. It's a, it's, an, it's a great live version. I'm very happy it's on Rocky Rio. Yeah, with definitely. 
with this sound and with this delivery, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking. When's uh, I'm, I was um, I'm wondering something they haven't been good at, which is surprising considering how good they are re-releasing other things in in formats people didn't necessarily ask for. Uh, like there's there's so many of their 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 live videos that could use a proper overhaul, just re-releasing on you know, like you know a high def Blu-ray or anything like that. Uh, I don't know that this because I think this would they they really should you know do something to this because it's the only thing the only version that's available uh, is the initial is is the one that um. Um, you know, the one that came out, you know, back when it came out, so to say, you know, back in like 2002, whatever the hell mm. it was, uh, or three maybe, but um, I would love to get a proper, uh, you know, like uh, an updated a live video. That'd be cool. It'll go up and, yeah. I guess, so how many, you said it's 2002 then, so it isn't really a anniversary, what well, would it be now actually yeah. would be anniversary, wouldn't it? I guess if it was 2002. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. so it came out, yeah, it came out in... 2002, well, I'm quite sure. Yeah, so it would, yeah, the 25th of March... Uh, 2002 came the uh, the, uh, the the CD, and then on the 10th of June 2002 came the the video. The, 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 the um, yeah, so maybe they're saving yeah, that one for the retirement fund. Maybe. I, yeah. I, I mean, I watch very little live video footage. I, I just don't really watch them. I don't listen to many live records either. But this is, of course, one of the iconic ones. I don't own it, but I want it. You know, and I guess I don't need Blu-ray, not really. But uh, they 5.1. The flight 666 thing yeah. maybe they could 5.1 this one i don't have such a rig but uh, then at least you get like a, an update right uh, on well, it's funny because we, we i was watching this the other day because we got a uh, we got a new uh sound system so we have like a, a sound bar and that kind of stuff for tv so and, and i had to pick something to calibrate it that i know i know this album like the back of my hand so i know i know exactly how it's supposed to sound if it's something's off or something so it's very that's how this what like particularly the clansman and uh uh, what else was it? One other one I used to uh, so just t- tweak the sound because I, I know I know that since I know the song so I know this album very well. I listen I listened to the, I listened to the, this like nonstop when it came out for quite a while. It's a good one. Yeah, it still um, still still shows up on every now and again. I still this this is still played. I I listen to this way more often than I listen to Live After Death. I'll say that. Yeah, same. It might be also. Yeah. No, I said that pretty not a lot of people can say that, but yeah, that's the same for me as well. That it's um, yeah. that's my most played Maiden Live album. Yeah. And um, nice to be back on Brave New World. Warm, fuzzy feelings to that to that record, you know. It's Indeed. a late late summer vibe for me. We talked about the seasons and the records, and this is like a late rainy summer, or actually kind of fits the fall too. At least a bright day like today. And I, I said it's one of the worst songs on the record. Worst is maybe the wrong word, but I think the two fast ones here, this one and Fallen Angel, are the weakest track tracks on the record. Maybe together with Auto Design and Planet, and for them to be the weakest. That must be a very fucking strong record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those are still three very good songs. I feel still. <laughs> yeah, I think I would say "Fallen Angel" is the weakest, at least for yes. today. I agree. Because, I agree with that because this, because this, this one, is one of my favorites on. I'll say that. Mercenary mm-hmm. lifted for me a bit, especially now. Actually, listening as we recorded this, it's like especially the live version. Then, like this, I, I can't killer. really critique this too hard. It's it's really good. You know, yeah. what would you say on on the whole thing, Andy? On like the the overall Brave New World song quality? Uh, yeah. Well, for me, being my favorite album. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit biased to it, but I do think Out of Maiden's Castle is so strong. There's so many good songs, and I don't think there's much fat on the album either. Um, there's a lot of ideas, and it sounds really fresh and energized as well. So, and maybe as well, if it's a song is after Blood Brothers and before Dream of Mirrors, I think on it. So maybe it gets a little bit yeah. buried between the two, like sort of epic sort of songs. But I think it adds that necessary pace there, rather than having you know big back to back 
long yeah, path or something. I don't see it as that's really in between two epics. I see it as after the ballad. Yeah, true. Yeah, this yeah, is the exactly ballad, yeah. the song you need mm. after the ballad. Uh, yeah. It has a. It wakes you up intro. after it, doesn't it? Yeah, Indeed, and like does, yeah. you, you address those little, uh, I think, harmonized in fourths or fifths within the chorus. Those things, for me, they are the identity of the song. Very like almost futuristic sounding, even though it's old riffs. Like, uh, you know, I, I usually say driving in a neon world. It's a bit of that, you know. Very badass and uh, a very good song. Uh, I didn't think I was going to promote this on, on the top 50 list, but... Uh, uh, I yeah, judging by listening to it now, I kind of feel it's it's in there. You know? Yeah, for me, for me, it's on the list. For me as well. I'm glad I can say that because I felt after all this time going on the Maiden podcast, I kind of shitted over the first song a little bit. <laughs> so I'm, not I'm, too much. Not, not too, too much, much, but you know, yeah. I, I I didn't expect to be doing that. But um, yeah, this song is great. So for, for me, it would go on the list. Yeah, I, I, I love, love it. I love it. And like we said a dozen times or so, we try not to be super agreeable, even with a band that, of course, we're always going to be biased to one way or another positively yeah that is you know yeah unless i may be weird unless because yeah because obviously since since we do this podcast there, yes we, we are we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing this spend this many hours doing this if we didn't if we didn't enjoy the band a lot, sort of extent yeah enjoy uh, them on a on a higher level i guess you could say yeah i thought um for rotation today i had a question for you first uh, that i noticed this that must be a majora's mask cap it is yeah, and I posted about that game the other week. Like, it's one of my favorites in, in the Zelda series, Majora's Mask. And I, uh, I like spin-offs. I like Better Call Saul a lot. Uh, enjoying House of the Dragon now. I like when you keep the same world, but you change the story. Mm-hmm. So you're not re- I don't like reboots at yeah. all. Like retelling of the same story. Why do you do that? It's told. But I love spin-offs. And uh, I posted about Majora's Mask and Sora, who sings in Infinite Maiden replied like really that's one of your favorites that was like a feverish nightmare and i replied uh, i guess i'm into that yeah. shit then. for me it's, it's my favorite <laughs> like, i guess actually, i'm into feverish of, nightmares out of the zelda <laughs> and games is actually my favorite one i just um maybe a similar thing to the you know saying at the beginning so moody talking about with it's the so x moody. factor and being a bit intrigued by that maybe it's the sort of dark kind of um not the big mainstream ones it's kind of like oh what's this and then yeah i just got really into majora's mask when it um well, when I've, I didn't play when it first came out, but whenever age I played it. But yeah, I've been back yeah, to it a few times, and it's just a really cool game. There's a lot of it emotional is. weight to it as well, considering, you know. Yeah, it's most the most heavy, I think. Mm. Maybe along with Link's Awakening on Game Boy, which I played even, you know, even when that was new, I played that. Uh, so that's maybe my two favorites. Ocarina of Time, of course, is, is great. It's classic, too, yeah. I had to ask, you know, wearing the merch and all that, I had to ask that because it's, it's one of my favorites. It's very psychedelic as well. And I was listening to all these 70s psychedelic bands when it came out, so it, it all kind of fit. It was like, a, uh, I was not old enough for LSD, so that was my LSD <laughs> then, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. It's, it's too bad I have like, such a, that's such a sort of a, a weird thing. I just missed Zelda for some reason, so I never, I've never really dabbled in any of the Zelda games. I played, I did all the Marios and all this stuff, I was right in there for a lot of that stuff. For some reason, however... Uh, that just never happened. I, I don't know why. I've always, I've always thought that I, I've always felt I missed something. He'll get an introduction because Maiden have no songs on Z, no songs on Z. I'm just gonna say that much. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna enough. say that much. There's plans for that. Maybe it could include Andy then as well. <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, you never know. I'll get back it to might, you in a year or two. It might take a while. They might drop another album before then. You never know. And maybe it'll be a song starting with Z. Could happen as well. Or Z. Yeah. As I would say. 
So we did put Mercenary on the list. Um, the rotation, uh, we went for some backtrack rotation here with playing Majora's Mask, but uh, what you've been, what's, been listen, what's been playing lately for you, Andy, and that includes like uh, watching stuff and, and all that. You know? um, well, watching, I've been watching Rings of Power, but I don't really want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard very bad stuff yeah. about it. I haven't seen a minute. Yeah, I've, I've always been, um, well, tell a lot of people reading into Tolkien, but... Um, yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. It's not, not particularly great. But music-wise, uh, I've been able to go to a few gigs recently. And um, I guess from that, I've been listening to a lot of... Um, probably if I was to pick uh, Lorna Shaw, maybe. Listen to a lot of them. I know them, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really cool. Um, I think their album comes out this week. Um, and today, I was listening, apart from obviously the Maiden stuff, got back into Somewhere in Time, actually, with yeah, um, yeah. obviously the announcement. Um, comes with the times yeah 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 so that was really with cool the times because yeah, yeah. i'd i sort of um mellowed a bit on maiden after last year kind of went a bit overboard with the new album and, and everything else so um yeah listened to the album a few times um since the announcement which is really, really cool um yeah. i've got my own man predictions if you'd care to hear my man predictions sure let's go let's go so let's go. Uh, i think i have to do it off the top of my head now but i think wasted years uh stranger in a strange land and heaven can wait are probably like guarantee they're gonna, probably going to be the same. I'm sure yeah. Alexander the Great was. Um, I'm sure Nico mentioned that at a. Um, he does a tribute band. Is it Titanium Tart? I think they're called Titanium so, Tart. That's yeah. it. I'm sure there's a video of him talking yeah. about um, them potentially playing. So I think that's him with a shout. And then between the others, I'm not sure. Caught somewhere in time, maybe a little bit, a little bit of a beast to take on. But uh, I saw a lot of people on, on the forums were saying about the the drums. But you know. I'm a huge Metallica fan, so I'm wearing Metallica hoodie at the moment. And so obviously yeah. Lars is, Me too. you know, Me he too. likes or to mix too. up how he plays his, you know, how he plays the songs. So, so what if Nico can't do, you know, triplets or whatever Lars is, for uh, uh, very, six minutes? <laughs> very, very comfortable cat, yeah. Lars. Lars, you know, double bass is optional and all that, yeah. you know. So, or one like, but uh, yeah, full disclosure, I love Lars. Mm. No, same. He's like a great drummer. one of my favorite drummers, although I know that's... I think this is Phil, and I don't know, I just like him. It's becoming a rift on the web, you know, like uh, those guys that still hate Lars, or uh, the cool guys that admit that Lars is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only yeah. drummer who really makes me air drum as well. I think it's because maybe yeah. there's a bit of, he just sort of feels the, you know. Yeah, it's not very musician and Neil the musicianary. He's not very like musician like. The way he plays it is, is, is primal, you know. And I've always and liked the fitting. sort of backbeat thing he does as well. So he sort of lets the first beat go and then. It's the crash. Or yeah, he, he puts the crash on the, on the on the on, he puts the crash on the snare mm. and on the second. Like, I love that. Kush. <laughs> so, um, cool. yes, when it but comes Lorna around, Shore, uh, oh, how, do, how would you describe Lorna Shore? Because that's maybe something fewer people have heard uh, as compared to Lars's drumming. Um, it's they're a, a deathcore style band, although it's a bit like just from that not the, the Spinal Tap band, but just because you referenced it earlier, it's like they sort of turn it all up to eleven kind of thing. You know, it's just. Mm-hmm. solid blast beats and everything it's it's pretty intense but the thing i like about their music is although they're extremely heavy there's lots of heavy breakdowns I mean, the vocalist is unbelievable like as extreme metal vocalist he's got such an incredible range is that they managed to put quite a melancholy like leads over like the chaos and i think it just complements each other really really well
And um, yeah, so they're just a really cool band that I've yeah, been into for a little while now. And I got to see them support uh, Parkway Drive a couple of weeks ago. Oh, nice. So that was really cool. Right. And Parkway were put on a great show. I know they get a lot of shit as well, but... They're good live. I they're really good live, yeah. Like a solid, solid um, form, playing form. Mm. And I think their music is better appreciated live as well. They've kind of got that um, right. know, sort yeah. of arena sort of sound now. And it's, it's very cool. Mm. What about Eric? Eric's size. We did rotation yesterday, but maybe we got something. Yeah, I mean, today, like I, I sort of I mentioned this on your Instagram. Um, All right. Today, Peter today basically just been spinning uh, uh, the type of negative uh, album, uh, October Rust, which is uh, tends to show up this time of year for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love type of negative. I, uh, I really, uh, yeah, I... Uh, that's, I don't think I don't necessarily know if that is my favorite album with them. I think, it's, uh, but it's it. I mean, they didn't do anything that I don't like. It's uh, just that they have, especially this time of year. This feels like the, you know the one is inclined to put on a bit of. Yeah, yeah. I I came out on my other show on so far so pod so what when we listened to uh, Mission to Mars from the new yeah. Megadeth album. Yeah. Uh, the intro sounds very typo. So I sang some improvised Peter Steele on top, like I see your breast and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And uh, I came out as a, as a big fan, actually. I'm quite a big fan of that band. I so love, I love it's, it's something we could discuss later in one way or another. Because uh, and my favorite album is an odd one, too. His Life is Killing Me, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, a, you know what, man? That's funny with a drum was, machine. It's a freaking drum machine on, but it's just well done. Sounds awesome. Uh, that, that was going to be one. That is, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites as well. I, think I don't want to be. I don't want to be. Wanna be. be. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff on it. So that's, uh, so that's basically what I've been doing today. Yeah, rotation was, we did one yesterday, but I had another, there's one more uphill on my bike ride. And mm. during that uphill battle, on came Cold Sweat by Thin Lizzy. He was in that tapping solo. motivating so i'll mention that one then cold sweat from thunder and lightning i think john john, john sykes on guitar i think it is also, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. i think lizzie is also i mean i i i'm not as well versed as i should be i feel but uh because there's there's but which is fun that just means that at some point i have a lot of a whole sort of tr you know like a tr cave of wonders to discover when i start yeah. really deep diving in their stuff so halloween coming up as well indeed it is your favorite time of the year, this one? Oh, yes, it is. Very it's becoming so. my favorite as well, actually. Like yeah. September, October is, is really nice. October is more shaky than September, but uh, it's good times. And uh, maybe we should do like uh, some horror special, you know. Uh, I have, I, I, since I have I'm, not in, I'm not into horror, so maybe I should watch one of those classics and we talk about one film or something. 
I have an idea, and we need to involve some other people, but I will, uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. I have, I have, I have what I think is a solid idea, but we'll see. How's horror for you, uh, Andy? Like, uh, Book of Skulls could Jesus, fit, could fit like a horror this, theme, I guess. That's true. But it could also just be metal and fantasy. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's more know? metal and fantasy. I'm not actually a huge, uh, huge horror fan. All right. Yeah, I, I never was. I'm not really that into it, but I like that Eric is. And uh, I, I guess I'm more theoretically more into sci-fi then. Like uh, we were on Raven World. So Aldous, Aldous Huxley, I read that book as a Maiden fan at 13, which kind of was the start, I guess, to get into more of that stuff. He was also a colonial like Kipling, but he was kind of uh, super critical to the colonial life, uh, the colonial ways. Interestingly enough, he was down in India, I think. I need I need to read that book. I I have not yet, but I yeah. So um, nice episode. Very fun, fun, fun Very one to do. Fun one to do. You should be back on Andy no, for another you. one. Thank you for having yeah. me as well. Yeah, don't abandon it. Have another ride. Yeah. So my question being, now question. Well, I think before you sign off, uh, if people want to help support this your project. Where right. can they find info? Where can they find information on that? Mm, sure. Thanks. Um, so if you used to go to bookofskulls.co.uk. Or Book of Skulls on any social media platform. I am there. It's the picture is the it's purple picture that we had to see it. Kind of brave new worldy actually. It's got purple, you brave know, nice little tie back. But yeah, uh, Book of Skulls. Are you doing any crowdfunding, GoFundMe? That's that's the plan. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm just essentially raising awareness, and mm-hmm. you, you have smart, to have smart, yeah. yeah, a lot of uh, people signed up to your mailing list. Um, I'm not sure what the conversion rate actually is, but it's kind of like maybe one in every five of your signups will actually buy it. So I've got, yeah. I've got a ways to go, but um, you know, it's been a really great experience going through this. I never thought I'd be doing it you know, at this stage in my life. And um, yeah, it's been able to get me to do more opportunities, it even led me kind of to talk to you guys as well, which is, which is great. And possibly selling a game to us guys. <laughs> exactly. It's been I one think, long sales pitch, that's uh, all it's been. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, no not really, I'm, but I'm I mean, it's just yeah, like, I'm, it sounds too good. It sells itself, <laughs> you know? Oh, what do you think, Eric? Yeah, when when this is out, you know, I'm I'm gonna say when, not if, because I'm, I'm I'm with this good, good idea. It's someday I'm sure I'll get it out. You'll, you definitely have sold at least one of these because I, I I yeah, this I, I definitely want to get this. One. Oh, well, thank you. Looking forward cool. to playing it. Looking forward to playing it. We'll gather yeah. up at, in your house and uh, and there you uh, go. Some beers and and book of skulls. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I don't think I uh, tagline time. Tagline time. All right, well, until next time, up the irons and... It's going from the north and... Uh, It's a bit embarrassing. I thought I was going to be on white goods A to Z, so I've just been talking about the wrong thing for the last hour. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That works too. That works very good. All right, I'm going to stop recording.